0: Welcome to the Mondo Neon Show. Argon, Neon, Helium, Xenon, Krypton. Transform and roll out.
1: Mondo Neon Podcast, welcome listeners. I have Scott from Diner Day in the USA in the studio today. Wonderful to have you uh, be our guest for the show. Thanks for coming on.
0: Well, thanks for the invite. So looking forward to, um, to the next 20, 30 minutes.
1: Yeah, I I weirdly love diners. It's so fun that you're a part of this conversation because, you know, from somebody who's just, you know, been a part of that and just stopped into maybe whatever local favorite you have in your area, it sort of weirdly translates online. And, um, you know, a lot of the cool pictures that you take, you're a photographer, but you have a pretty lengthy sort of, you know, streamline, you know, Instagram account where you're, you know, taking pictures of all sorts of things, people, booths, you know, signs. It's a really cool crossover between, I think, where pop culture sort of was and, and maybe where it stayed, at least to the point where these things kind of feel weirdly relevant. But at the same time, they speak to a different generation. You know, a lot of these are really uh, classic. Some maybe newer than others, but they all are a bit of a time capsule. Do you, are, what was your plans for, I guess, photography in general? Were you taking photos of something else and just stumbled onto these, you know?
0: Yeah, stuff? well. Yeah, you well know, I'll I'll talk about kind of the kind of where I came from and and where I am today. I mean, you know, I grew up in in eastern part of Pennsylvania. My my mom was she spent a long time. She grew up in New Jersey. And so we would visit her, her parents and my grandparents in New Jersey for a long time when we were um growing up. And diners are kind of the I mean. New Jersey the epi- is the epicenter of diners, and so every time that we'd go into Mountainside, New Jersey, uh, we would head down Route 22. It was about an hour away from where we lived in eastern Pennsylvania, and we go to Mountainside, New Jersey, and there's a whole host of diners on Route 22. So we would we would stop in and you know enjoy you know the conversation and just uh, the jukebox the. Uh, coffee for my for my mom i didn't drink coffee at the time but um and of course you know we just loved all the you know that's you know the jukebox um the little things that you would get um when you went into the diner um the little you know the quarter the things that you'd buy with quarters and um but it was a whole experience uh, for us and then you know as I, as I grew up it's it's always stuck with me that that's just nostalgia it's about road tripping it's about Uh, It's about family. It's about connecting. It's about, it's about the diner. Um, And, and so, you know, that's been something that's always been in inside of me and something that's really comforting.
1: Yeah. There's so many locations too. It's such a brilliant story because, you know, we all kind of do find ourselves at this interesting, you know, path of, you know, when we look back on what happened, you know, over the course of the years, you can't remember the good things, right? And I think diners are really a special place. It's it's this this kind of like, and I, I caught something similar to like maybe a subway, you know, being in New York City for a long time. You know, there it offers such a glimpse into what exactly is, is a part of that particular place, you know, whether it's going to be the people or, you know, the local chatter that's going on. You know, it's this inexpensive sort of restaurant and you could argue that certain cities have you know, very expensive offerings. But it's considered like a wide range of foods and mostly American cuisine and this casual atmosphere that sort of combines uh, booth culture and counterculture and gives you this direct kind of outlet. I don't know what it is, but I mean, it could be uh, the fact that they're kind of like I said, they're built over time. So you get kind of a wide array of of people. But, you know, when we talk about neon sometimes, um it's unmistakable some of the the diners I mean are are more representative of neon than most i think you know locations are today because they're so tied to that that, that aesthetic um you know do you see that that no. happens over time or is it certain places
0: well it's it's so interesting you know i you know i think back of of all the places i've been and there you know it there's it's limitless you know the number of diners but you think just more recently where I've been and where I've traveled to uh, San Francisco and I, you know, I have relatives out in San Francisco and I'd ask them, Oh, you know, where, where are the diners? Like I'd ask them because they've lived in the Bay area and they said, well, we're not, we don't, it's not a real diner town. And I, and afterwards I'd say, no, you're, you also have diners there. And they're actually quite good diners and um, very fun places, you know, in the Castro, there are other places on uh, other areas of San Francisco, and yet, you know, that's a totally dif- different vibe than if I'd be in the southern coast of Maine, and I'd be in Biddeford, Maine, or I'd be in Erie, Pennsylvania, uh, traveling through Erie, and what I what I love about it is, as you mentioned is, it's, um, there are, there's a culture of people who live in and around that diner, and it's kind of the locals, and I always love sitting at the counter because that's where you learn most. Um, But in some cases I'll sit in the booth because just for taking pictures and things like that, it's probably uh, the best angle for, for taking pictures and taking a look at the interior, taking a look at what people are, you know, where people are sitting and maybe overhear what people are saying. But what I love is that if I'm traveling, I get to learn about the locals and what they're saying and doing. And, um, I got to feel like a local. Yeah, it's funny how you say that too. I mean,
1: kind of looking at some of the genealogy between some of the interesting earliest times where these were sort of the, if you go back, it's converted rail cars. I mean, these yeah. are from the 1920s to the 40s. They're commonly known as lunch cars, and it's prefabricated sort of mobile homes and it's so fascinating to see how, you know, and I think to the to the effect of the war and everything, prosperity and optimism really grew in America, I think in the 50s, and that's sort of the hey it's considered the heyday it's funny how sort of people think about diners sort of going away similar to neon. There's all these sort of symbolic things that you remember uh, sort of the good times, right? The good heydays, which, you know, then I think a lot of teenagers kind of congregated at after school events, such an essential you know, place to, like you said, to meet and have family or break bread. You know, it was featured in so many places, right? Television, movies, you've got things like um, you know, the Moondance Diner in Manhattan, which was mm-hmm. really well known, which shipped to Wyoming. I don't know if you're right. of that, but that's really interesting, right? Like it, as a business, it's sort of, you know, emptied out and closed during the pandemic and all these economic disruptions of food. Did you notice changes within that that fabric? I mean, from when the moment, I, I guess you've been taking photos for a while now, right?
0: Yeah. So I've been, I have been taking photos for a while and, you know, I really just had a personal account for a long time on Instagram and. Uh, my wife had said, well, because she knew that I would go to diners on, if I had business trips, I'd find a diner and go to it. And she said, well, because I would take pictures and post them on my personal account. And she said, why don't you just have a, just a diner account? And I said, that's a great idea. And I just started, <laughs> you know, started taking pictures and, and um, you know, what I love about it. And as you mentioned, is that there is such a history, you know, of the manufacturing of like the Mountain View diners uh, the Silk City type diner is a Jerry O'Mahoney manufacturing company in New Jersey where, you know, there was, there was one uh, diner I went to in, um, in New Hampshire uh, called the Bristol Diner, which they have actual pictures of it being shipped by train to its location. And they have it posted up in the diner, which I thought was fascinating. And that diner is one of two diners remaining of that certain type. And the other one is actually the Palace Diner in Biddeford, Maine. But I just find it, for me, I just find it really fascinating to understand kind of the history behind it all and how it came to be. And as you said, there, at least within the pandemic, I mean, a lot of these places have gone under. A lot of, you know, several of the places that I've actually photographed are no longer there. The, the Weathersford Diner in, in uh, Connecticut. There was a uh, diner in Dover, New Hampshire called the far out diner and they've gone under uh, since the pandemic and certain others i just can't I can't think of right at the moment but um it was tough really really tough for for some of these places but going back to the bristol diner i remember talking with the owner at the time and he said we've been open throughout the whole pandemic we never closed um so you know some some you know had ways of conducting business and having to survive and and others uh, needed to close, so it's sad. But um, at yeah. least for some of them, I'm able to document them uh, with some pictures. Well, and I think we talked a little bit
1: about that with neon too on the show. A lot of times we have had photographers, and the cool part about photography is that it doesn't require you know this this sort of resurrection of sign you know sign qualities where you know if you're trying to show off a collection, you ideally want to have some sort of obviously neon operating to some effect. I mean, clearly mm-hmm. you want people to enjoy it. But I think with photography, it weirdly can take on both directions. You can either photograph it when it's relevant. You can photograph it when it's on its way out, you know, all these things. Uh, And I do, I do popularize it because I want people to, to enjoy, you know, if you can't travel, like what significance is there? Well, even had people go on and and discuss virtual reality right recently, which is sort of like a completely separate subject, but you're still sort of dealing with this intentionality and, and making it available, or at least you know, inclusive enough to want to have other people enjoy what you're seeing. And I think that's the beauty of photography is it's, it's easily digestible. It's like, you don't have to read it. You don't have to labor over it. You just take a picture and there it is right there. You know, that's the way it looked when, when,
0: when it would happen, right? Right. And I, and I've, um, the the one thing about photography, especially at least what I'm doing is I've, I've realized that, you know, in some, some cases I can only get there once you know, I'm passing through and, you know, whatever the lighting is, it's going to be and need to find out. And I don't do a lot of touch up. I try and really keep it, keep my photos kind of as is. I try and keep it. I don't kind of overexpose them. I really kind of keep it true to what they are, but in some cases the you know, the lighting's really bad. And um, so I have to enhance it with, you know, maybe turn up the brightness, but there was someone who, uh, someone that I follow on Instagram and, she meant she's a she's a photographer and she she mentioned about just lighting and she said if the light's not right it's not time to take a take a photograph it's time to come back um right it's like being
1: being love with your craft too much though too i hear a lot of artists and i do i do promote this is like you've got to get something on the board i imagine if you had a (laughs) complex where you're like and this is true of neon it's pretty difficult to photograph. I mean, for anybody I talked to, it's really not a walk in the park at all because you're dealing with multiple light sources and that's pretty much a yes. nightmare scenario, right? You've got the light in the room, you get got the light, you've got the light outside and then you have the light of the sign, right? So you're controlling three different, you know, so yes. from an exposure perspective, it's a nightmare, right?
0: Right. And I really that you, you're absolutely right. And I, the one time that that was more relevant was when I visited the American sign museum in the Cincinnati And I don't know if you've ever been there, but it is full of just neon and hand-painted signs. And it's overwhelming to kind of take pictures and you're really trying to kind of make sure the exposure is okay. And so you can really get the essence of what it looks like, Uh, because there are some times when it's really hard to really capture what you're seeing. And I think that's the real, um, uh, the beauty of just an artist or photographer to kind of capture that. And there's so, I mean, so many photographers take so many pictures and a lot of them never see the light of day. And same with me, you know, cause I'm like, no, that's not going to work. Um, but in some cases I'll post them and then people like, people love them. So, you know, maybe they know more than I do.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, but the significance is there. I mean, you know, even with, uh, it's so fascinating to, to even think of, of, a time when these were you know just being built because you've got things like chrome chairs and you know various uh fixtures that really don't sort of predate you know a lot of things that happen nowadays which is sort of you know you're seeing a lot of mass production especially with people would argue that neon sort of had its heyday and then plastics came in i'd argue that you know these things just became frequently cheaper and so people just didn't want to bother with it and so i think you know, it doesn't uh, there's really no replacement for a lot of these diners because, you know, not only is there uniqueness to them, but the tables and sort of the way that they're set up, there really isn't anything similar. You know, you can't really right. just point to another building and be like, well, that's another diner there, you know, from 100 feet away, right? that That's a diner and how how unique of the situation. I mean, especially in a very crowded market that we're in now, you know, and restaurateur, you know, guests have Plethora of options, right? We don't have to just even get out of our car now. There's all sorts of things you can do with Seamless and DoorDash, and so your experience at home is just is just at home, right? And so, right, I think we're officially at this weird crossroads where you kind of have to, you know, vote with what you want to be doing with your money because yeah, obviously it's it takes energy and time to leave your house, but you're right. There's something you can't quite you know put your finger on, but it's it's unique in that it's you know the heart of of where people flock that socialization. I think people are somewhat starved for that. Now we could argue yes or no. Um, but the country's in a pretty interesting crossroads. And I think the diner was sort of where you could sort of, you know, everybody was sort of together, right? You're just sort of in it. You're there. You're there for that. Period that's of right.
0: Time, right. Yeah, no, that's right. And, and ever, ever since the pandemic and the 24 seven diner, a lot of them are not 24 seven anymore. Um, I yearn for the 24-7 because I would visit them in New York City and Manhattan and you'd go go to a show and, or go be going out late and afterwards you hit a diner, um, just what you do. Um, it, is, it is a crossroads, but I think more than anything, I think that the, the time to connect with, with people, I know from a social media perspective, it's, it's easy to connect with so many people. And really amplify your voice, um, but at the same time, there's there's no better way to connect with people than just just face to face interaction, and that's what that's what I love um, about going to a diner, going to a new diner that I've never been to, but researching it ahead of time, um, and it's there's always something special about that. You always learn a little, you learn something new every time you go into a place. You look at a you look at a diner differently because you're sitting in a different location. Um, but hey, as long as I have matzo ball soup and patty melts <laughs> and a piece of pie, I'm good, yeah.
1: Well, and that's one thing I'm playing about the food that I do think people can all agree that you know, hey, we're, we're here to enjoy this moment, right? And it's so funny that you think about that. I mean, it's been such a A difficult road, I think in the past year or two, especially for a lot of people that it may do them some comfort to just go in there and eat your favorite thing. Right. And I think we all can agree that food has this sort of magical quality, especially with all the cool factors going on neon and everything else happening that you can all sort of say, okay, this is, this is where it's at right for this next 20 minutes or so. Yeah. I'm good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Cause it's, it comes back to just comfort. And, and for me, it's, it's about, road tripping and being part of that diner community, you know, you know, those, those folks who were there, um, whether it was in, I I spent a long time, a long extended weekend in St. Louis and went to maybe three or four different diners in different parts of St. Louis. And I'd never been to St. Louis before, but, um, again, different pockets, different, different communities, different vibes, um, yeah, you know, the exploration of it is just really, really fun and fascinating. And, you know, documenting it on my Instagram account is, it's just something I just find really fun, uh, fun to do and fun to to share with others.
1: Yeah. Is there any like a uh, story that's like uh, surprising to you or that you kind of look back fondly on that, of like taking photos of a diner or anything that you want to toss out there?
0: Yeah. I I mentioned it before there, there was a place I I was traveling on business in uh, San Francisco. I'm out there quite a bit. And, and so I traveled to a place in the Castro uh, called Orphan Andes. And it's a, um, it's a spot right in the Castro uh, part of, uh, of San Francisco. And I didn't realize that there are like trolley cars right outside. And it was so and you can even look on my, uh, on my account on the Instagram account, but the colors inside were just so vibrant. Um, the people are just so friendly. Um, I was just struck. I, I was probably more struck at that. I was a little surprised because again, as my, some of my family members said, Oh, it's not a big diner town. And I'm, I was a little surprised. I'm like, no, this place, this place rocks. This is, this place is really good. Um, and there, there's a couple of places that were closed, which I, you know, hope that I could have gone into one was in Erie, Pennsylvania, uh, the Lawrence park diner. Um, and it was closed at the time, but it just, it just, it, it's an amazing looking place. Um, and I know that I think the owners are trying to sell it. I'm not sure if they have by now, but um, again, I don't get to Erie as much. Um, that's a, that's a tough drive to get up there, but um um, I'd like to go back at some, uh, at some point.
1: Yeah. Well, there's always, uh, there's always time, as they say, hopefully enough time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's always time. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on doing like, uh, other projects like, uh, books or anything like that? Or are you just kind of following along on social? Is that kind of enough for you?
0: You know, a lot of, a lot of people I follow ask me that. I have one, one, someone that I, uh, connect with in, in, in the Buffalo area and, he said, he said, dude, you need to write a book. And, and I said, well, I, maybe I said, how about you write the forward to it? He said, sure, no problem. So I don't really know. I think that, you know, what I, what I post and what I research of, and what I learn when I visit these places, because every, every place that I photograph, I'm there. I'm, I, I'm part of it. I experience it, you know, and it's almost like a mini blog. Um, I don't want to be verbose, but at the same time, I want to, you know, share some history of where I am and what we're doing and what I'm doing um, at, at that particular diner. So, I don't know. I, I mean, there have been, you know, a bunch of folks, uh, Dick Gutman, so Richard Gutman, he's a huge diner. He's been kind of like the, the father of diners, and he's done a lot of books. Um, Larry Coltrera as well. So, he and Um, he's also someone has done a a bunch of books as well. There's some painters out there who kind of paint, uh, John Bader. So I don't know exactly. I'm just kind of, if it, if it comes to me, what that project will be, then it'll happen. But at the, at the, at the present moment, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and try and figure it out.
1: I love what you're doing. Uh, especially everyone listening, check it out. Uh, Diner Day in the USA, Um, just a a really great uh, body of work, Scott, you know, cool diners and neon. So if you're into that sort of thing, check it out. Um, And again, thank you for, for participating in the show. Well, thanks so much for
0: the invite. Really loved it. Thank you.
1: Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that show. If you haven't done so, please leave us a review on your podcast aggregator of choice. We have a lot of great neon guests coming up and as always, thanks for listening.